Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 13th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. All right, so two days after the disappointing loss to Oregon, Oregon 35, Ohio State 28, you and I talked about all this stuff after the game, but I'm curious now after thinking about it for a couple days, sleeping on it for a couple nights, if you feel any different. Let's start with the defense. Do you have the same thoughts you did after the game? Do you feel any different? What can be done about this defense if anything, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel any different. You know, obviously there there's a lot of a lot of issues here, and it needs to get better. You know, that's the only way this team. You know, I, I've been telling people the last two days that I talked to. You know, the season as they set up to be, the season's not over. Um, if Ohio State wins the Big Ten and and can come back and start looking impressive, you know, I think this team still has a chance to make the college football playoff. But as you said after the game, you know, this team doesn't doesn't deserve and. I don't think people would want to see them play Alabama. Um, but what has changed in my mind is kind of where we're placing the blame. I think everyone immediately jumped on Kerry Combs, and rightfully so. We did as well after the game. I wrote about him after the game, um, and he deserves plenty of, plenty of blame for this defense. But there's a lot of blame to go around right now when, when things are this bad. And, you know, I think Ryan Day deserves some of the blame, and, and he said as much. You know, Kerry Combs kind of said the same thing about himself. After the game, you know, he, he took to the podium, credit him for that. Um, but Ryan Day hired Kerry Combs. And as you and I have talked about, you know, he could have gone out. He could have hired probably any defensive coordinator in the country. And he decided to go with an inexperienced guy in Kerry Combs. Um, and he's also running. He's having Kerry Combs run his defense. You know, Kerry Combs doesn't have the chance to, you know, look at the talent and cater it to, to that. Um, you know, I'm not saying that would definitely make things any better. I'm just saying Kerry Combs is being told what defense to run. And, you know, he, after the game was even asked about if things need to change. And, um, he, you know, he said as much, but that, you know, I I believe the quote was something along the lines of people around here, you know, really like this defense and it's been successful, which doesn't sound to me like he is running what he would ideally like to do with this group. Beyond that, I think that, you know, we, we need to place blame on the position coaches as well. These linebackers aren't good right now. Um, and and Al Washington, you know, off in the offseason, there was a lot of talk about him going to Tennessee, that whole thing. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, the Buckeyes would love, wanted to keep him. They obviously did. Um, but you look at the linebackers the last couple of years, it hasn't been quite up to the standard and certainly not this year. Um, you know, and, and I know that there's some, some injuries there, especially in fall camp and maybe not everybody that, that they have out there, but you know, blame needs to be placed there as well. Larry Johnson. Um, what, what is the defensive line doing um, that, that allowed Oregon to score on the same play? You know, adjustments don't just come from Kerry Combs, you know, 
Larry Johnson could, could make adjustments on the defensive line. And, you know, I think Matt Barnes, um, as you said before the show, he's the tactician of this defense. Kerry Combs is, um, you know, kind of the, the overall brains behind it, but he's the X's and O's guy. That's what we heard about him coming into the season. And the, you know, the secondary has been okay. I think the cornerbacks played pretty well watching the game again on the outside, but there's still problems in the secondary, the safeties, especially once Josh Proctor was out of the game. Um, you know, the Lathan Ransom had some mistakes and, you know, there's a lot of youth out here, but you know, the, I think the blame needs to be spread out on this defense and also with Ryan day, um, you know, not taking anything away from Kerry Combs, this whole group needs to, needs to kind of check themselves, look themselves in the mirror and, and figure some things out. So, um, that was kind of what changed for me is, is I just think that everybody needs to take some of the blame, um, because it's bad. It's, it's real bad right now. And if it doesn't get better, this team's going to, to have some issues because even as bad as the big 10 is, um, you know, across the board, some teams are going to be able to put up numbers on Ohio state. And we saw it a couple of years ago when Ohio state, you know, went down to Maryland and things like that. Games will get close. If teams can, can move the ball and score on you games that shouldn't be. Um, and so they've got to get things fixed. They got to do it fast. And that's, that's everybody. That's not just Kerry Combs. I agree. There's a lot of blame to go around. I wrote about that in um, what we learned. I see a mixture of poor coaching and, and bad personnel. And that's a terrible combination. And it's not just Kerry Combs, but he is the defensive coordinator. I mean, it, it starts with Ryan Day. Ryan Day made the hire, as you mentioned. Um, and I don't, as we talked about after the game on the podcast, what's troubling to me, and I also wrote about this, I don't think, I don't know this, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that Ryan Day did not really consider a long list of candidates. Certainly didn't like come in and, and bring people in for interviews. He just targeted Kerry Combs, which is my understanding. And that was it. That was it. And didn't really look at anybody else. It's almost like he panicked after he lost Jeff Halfley, went with a guy he knew could recruit and could coach up a secondary. And I, I get the fact that Jeff Halfley had never coordinated a defense as well. I understand that. But still, he was a young coach on the rise. It, it's just it's not the same thing with Combs. Um, so it starts with Day, and then Kerry Combs as the d- defensive coordinator. It was troubling to me, Patrick, when I asked Kerry Combs during the preseason. I probably should have made a bigger deal out about this about working with Matt Barnes. And he said, I love working with Matt Barnes. They gave the typical, really, you know, Kerry Combs, like energetic kind of optimistic right. answer. But what he said was troubling. If you think about it, he's the defensive coordinator. I don't remember a coordinator ever saying anything like this. He said, you know, I'm not really much of a, a technician, but that's what Matt's good at. And Matt's really a technician. You know, I kind of get the guys ready. And, and Matt Barnes is a technician. He was admitting that he's not a good technician. He's not a good tactician. It's just use both words, technician and tactician. That's troubling if you're the defensive coordinator. Um, but again, it's not just him. You're, you're absolutely right. Let me ask you this, though. They do have Paul Rhodes on staff. I don't think if they fire Kerry Combs and make Paul Rhodes defensive coordinator, that's not going to magically fix things. But I know people are asking about that. You know, Saban's changed coordinators midstream. There's been a few other examples. Is there any chance that Ryan Day is going to do that? I don't think so. I think it would have to be bad these next, you know, Next few games, um, I mean, I think that the likes of, of Tulsa and, um, you know, th- these next couple non-conference games, start of the Big Ten, all that, I think that would have to be – I think those, the defense would have to look as bad as it has the first two games against inferior opponents for Ryan Day to really make a change um, like that. Uh, but the question for me really isn't, you know, maybe the, maybe the person running the defense is, is able to make some difference. But if – if that person isn't able to change the defensive scheme, 
if Ryan Day wants to stick with this defense that badly, um, and that's not, and that is part of the problem. And I think that is, you know, I think it worked really well in 2019 because you had Jeff Okuda, you had Jordan Fuller, you had Chase Young. They just don't have those guys right now. And so scheme is one thing, but you have to scheme for the players that you have. So whether that's Kerry Combs, whether that's Paul Rhodes, whoever it is, you know, they need to be able to kind of do, do some, some of their own stuff. And, um, you know, I think that's the thing that has to happen first. And then if you decide that, okay, Kerry Combs still can't get it done, that's when I think you make a change. And that's probably, you know, later on in the year. But, um, you know, I think that, that it, has to, it has to start with finding the right fit for this, de- this defense. And that's what I thought they were doing all offseason. You know, that's what we heard, um, you know, that, that things were going, they were going to have change-ups and things like that. And they have. It hasn't been exactly the same. You know, the, the Lathan Ramsom um, position is, is different. There's been some more two-safety looks, things like that. But it's not enough, and it's not working. Um, so, to me, you know, I'm not – First of all, I'm not ever going to, to, to say a guy needs to lose his job. That's just, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But, you know, I think that the, the person, whoever it is running the defense or the group running the defense needs to be able to, to change their defense um, to, to fit the personnel. And I think that's the first step. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, then yeah, maybe you move on from Kerry Combs. Maybe you turn to Paul Rhodes. Um, you know, we haven't seen Paul Rhodes in this situation. So, you know, I don't know for certain that that's going to be a ton better. Uh, you know, it's, it's just another name right now. And, and obviously people have asked, you know, I've seen on Twitter about any chance they can get Marcus Freeman. Uh, you know, he's not leaving Notre Dame mid season. And, uh, as, as somebody pointed out, he's probably going to be a head coach in a couple of years. So, you know, that doesn't really solve your issue long-term, even if that's where you go after the season. Um, and Notre but, Dame's not exactly lighting the world on fire either defensively. Right. So, you know, to me, the biggest thing is the scheme. Um, and I think that's where you've got to start if you're Ohio State, figuring out how to put these kids, the talent that you have on the field. And I know it's young, but the talent you have on the field, how to maximize that schematically um, to have success. And, you know, I think that's what they did in 2019, but they also had studs. And, you know, some of these guys may turn into studs, but they're not there yet. I'm glad you brought up Marcus Freeman. I like him a lot personally. You know, he was a, a guy that uh, I enjoyed covering when I was like, early uh, in my tenure at Bucknuts early in my career, and he's just a good guy. And I think everybody overreacted, though. I mean, guess whose defense he was running at Cincinnati's in Cincinnati at Cincinnati? Luke Fickles. He's running Luke Fickles' defense. We'll see how he does at Notre Dame. Everybody anointing him as like the next Mark D'Antonio or Jeff Halfley. It's like let's just calm down. Let's let him prove it. Right now, Notre Dame doesn't look very good. They almost lost to Toledo. Um, Josh Proctor out for the season with a broken leg. Now Ohio State hasn't made that official, but. Josh Proctor out for the season with a broken leg. That sucks. Um, Bryson Shaw doesn't look ready to be an impact player. Maybe he can grow to be solid in that role. I don't know. Um, Marcus Hooker is a guy they have there. You mentioned Lathan Ransom. Maybe they could have somebody else play some cover safety and have maybe Ransom could move back there. I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but losing Josh Proctor, I mean – they couldn't afford that. I mean, he's one of the guys, one of the few good tacklers on this on this defense. He can come up and pop you. I thought he was playing pretty well through the first two games. Uh, tough injury there, broken leg. Josh Proctor. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do there? Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, he finally started to look like maybe that Jordan Fuller type of player uh, back there. And and in the first game, you know, if you paid attention, he was telling guys where to be. You know, especially when they had two freshman corners out there, and and you know making, making a lot of calls and things like that. So that's a big loss. Um, 
You know, I think you you stick with Bryson Shaw here at least for a little bit just to see him, you know, in that role. Um, but I do think, again, I think maybe you go with more two safety looks, um, you know, try something different back there since you don't have that true, you know, center fielder guy who can and come make the tackle and, and save the big play type of thing. Cause we saw that as soon as Proctor went out, uh, Lathan, or, uh, sorry, Bryson Shaw, you know, um, and I think it was Cameron Brown on that big, big run by, uh, by Oregon, that the big touchdown run. So, uh, maybe you go with more two safety looks. Um, I think Lathan Ransom, you know, that's a guy who was originally brought in to play that true safety role. He just happened to, to fit that cover role last year late, and they used him there. They do have Marcus Williamson who could play in that cover role. We haven't seen a lot of him yet this year, probably for good reason. But, you know, if you're going to have to move guys around, you may have to go with the guy that has a little bit of experience there. Um, you know, what about a Cam Martinez? You know, we heard a lot of good things about him in, in the offseason. Um, you know, I know he's played some corner and some safety. He's a guy who can do a lot of different things. He's athletic. You know, does he, how does he fit in? You know, maybe this is time to get him more on the field. So, um, yeah, that's a huge loss. Uh, you know, already a young defense. You lose one of your leaders and, frankly, one of your best players um, for the year. And, and there's been a lot of injuries. But, uh, yeah, that, that, one, that one hurts, especially because you just got him back. You know, it looked like he got hurt in that first game. Is able to play some against Oregon. And uh, then, then that injury, that's, that's real tough. Switching gears, the offense is not without blame. Was that a double negative? Yes, it was. The offense is with blame. How about that? Is that a little better? English teachers. Um, I am an editor of a website. I should know how to speak English a little better than that. But seriously, the offense gets some blame here too. They, they could not convert on fourth down when they needed to. Oregon, every time they had a fourth down, they would just – running backs would waltz into the end zone untouched. They have a great – you know, Joe Moorhead just completely took Kerry Combs to school. Um, and the Ohio State defensive staff in general. Um, but the offense, the offensive line, we've touted them throughout the preseason, even during the offseason, just, oh, this is going to be a really good offensive line. They, they might be one of the best to come through here. I'm guilty of saying that. I tell you what, and I think some guys are playing well. I think Paris Johnson's playing well. Luke Whipler's playing well. Um, I don't think Thayer Mumford's playing well. I know Dewan Jones isn't playing well. He had three penalties on his own. Uh, Thayer Mumford had a killer holding penalty. Now, you know, it was a shaky call. I get that. Um, but still, this offense, they're not getting short yardage. They're not getting fourth downs. The offense deserves some blame here, too. They can't score in the red zone. It's, it's not just the defense. No, it's certainly not. Um, now, I do think, you know, first of all, they only ran the ball 31 times, um, you know, 128 yards, not good enough. And, and you just highlighted the offensive line. Um, I'm surprised they didn't try and force the run a bit more, especially earlier in the game, um, you know, C.J. Stroud threw the ball 54 times. A redshirt freshman in his second ever game probably shouldn't have to do that. Uh, you know, granted, it's it's a it's a big game and things like that, but you know, I don't put the blame on him. Um, but you know, this offense did put up 612 yards. You know, so that should be enough to win the game, as you mentioned. The lack of ability to score in the red zone in important times—they were two of three, um, but you know, important times and the fourth down in crucial times, two of five, they did get some in the second half, but the two in the first half were, were the big ones that kind of let Oregon, um, you know, build that lead with Ohio state, not being able to keep up. So it gave them confidence. It just gave yeah. Oregon confidence. They could win the game by Ohio state, not getting those fourth downs in the first Absolutely. half. Yep. And, and some questions of whether you go to that for that field goal early, you know, that, you know, who knows how the rest of the game plays out if you do take that field goal early instead of going forward on fourth down. 
Um, you know, maybe not a lot of confidence in Noah Ruggles right now, but uh, the, the, you know, maybe that changes things for you. So, you know, I think all around, you know, it was just, it was a weird game. Uh, it was a bad game. And yes, you put up a ton of points or a ton of yards, sorry, and, and enough points to probably win a game like this if your defense shows up. But then on the flip side, you have, uh, you have the chances to win late and, you know, you put it on a young cornerback quarterback to try and go out there and win it for you in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I think CJ Stroud did some good things, but again, is, is that what you want to have to do? A redshirt freshman in his second ever game, you know, going to throw for his 50th plus time uh, to try and win it. You know, you're, you're asking for a mistake there. And that's exactly what happened with that interception. Uh, the sack he took, um, you know, I did like that run that he had. I, I missed that as I was going down to the field. Obviously it comes back on the holding penalty, but it was good to see him take off and actually, you know, pick up yards. It was a decisive moment by him. But yeah, I think you're right. The offense deserves blame as well. You know, the defense needs to get fixed. I think the offense will grow and get better. I think the the line is the most disappointing thing right now, especially in the run game. But uh, yeah, you know, when you lose a game like this, it's 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 never just one thing. Um, and I think that's kind of the point we've made is that, uh, you know, it's it's an all-around issue for the Buckeyes right now. Last thing on the show here, speaking of Stroud, I mean, he, we had heard he was dealing with a shoulder injury. You could tell during the Minnesota game. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback just try and loosen his shoulder up as much as he was. He's doing it over and over and over again on the sideline. You could tell there was something there. Looks like might be just, you know, playing armchair doctor here from watching sports my whole life. Looks like it's probably maybe some type of sprained shoulder, if I had to guess. Um, but he talked about this after the game. He, he almost was like saying like, he felt blessed that he was even able to play in the game, I think, was the quote yeah. that he used. I was like, damn, there actually was a chance he wasn't going to play. For him to use that word, say, I'm I'm blessed that I was just able to play. And you're right. He's out there on a bum shoulder, and it is his throwing shoulder. He's out there, you know, with the bum right shoulder and throws the ball 54 times. And I get it. I get you're down by 14. You, you got you to throw the ball. You're not going to just run the ball and score 14 points for down the fourth quarter. So I do get it. But you put yourself in that position by not getting those fourth downs in the first half and by the defense not playing well. Um, how big of a concern is this at all with Stroud? Because you mentioned the one run. That was the only time he showed any willingness at all to run. And, of course, does a great job to get the first down on third and ten. It gets called back because of the hold. Um, throughout the game, I thought he had chances to run. Showed no willingness. Um, maybe that's because of the bum shoulder. Maybe they're telling him not to do it. Maybe he's trying to protect himself because he did look like he wasn't afraid to run on that one time. Um, what do you make of the shoulder? How concerned uh, should the Buckeyes be about that? Yeah, it's definitely concerning. Um, you know, we'd heard a little bit about it throughout the week, but I don't think anyone thought it was as bad as, you know, I think CJ Stroud is still learning what to say to the media and what not to. He, uh, you know, he said after the game, he was asked to assess his play early. He said, I actually felt really comfortable. I thank God I even got to play the game. He's been a blessing for me this week. I'll say that. I've been through a lot this week. And then he was asked about his shoulder and he said, I was healthy enough to play. So, I mean, that's really all that matters. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of how he handled it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you have a quarterback that you're, you're going to count on to throw the ball like this, um, you know, he needs to be healthy. And right now he is, uh, he's clearly not, you know, I think he's healthy enough. And I think that's the, the point he made, but you know, it's, it's certainly a concern that, you know, uh, a guy who's, who's messing with it and, and whatnot throughout the game, that that's a problem. Um, now I do think you'll have some, some time over these next few weeks where you won't have to run as much, or you won't have to throw as much. Um, and you know, maybe you'll be able to get some of the backups in there and whatnot, but, uh, 
yeah, you know, you, you need a healthy CJ Stroud. You need a healthy starting quarterback. And if his throwing shoulder is, is a problem, I think that's going to be an issue for Ohio state. So hopefully he can heal up here. Hopefully it's nothing way too serious. And uh, you know, he's able to, to get healthy before they really need him to start slinging it around again. No, Patrick is not over at Dwayne's house. That's Patrick's dog. That's uh, that's barking. We're used to Dwayne's dog barking on the show on Tuesdays with Dan. Uh, that's Pat's Pat's dog. Great stuff, Patrick. Really appreciate Patrick Murphy's insights. Thank you to Patrick. Thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's get that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.